right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Vaughn. Today, we have a very special episode for you. It's just Connor and I today. We do March Madness recap of the first two rounds. We talk about all the big games, the big upsets, and then we get into a Sweet 16 Elite Eight preview, what we believe is going to happen. We go over the spreads, the over-unders, the totals, everything, you name it. It's a great show. I hope you all enjoy. But before we get into the podcast, we are brought to you by PodTalk. PodTalk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use it myself. Go join group discussions on your favorite podcast like this one. Go join the CarterCast group discussion in PodTalk right now. Download PodTalk in the App Store today. All right, we're live. After an amazing weekend, the best weekend in sports, college basketball, March Madness. I don't know what your take was, but it, I mean, it was a long weekend. I'm exhausted. I gained probably 15 pounds, ate my body weight. It was horrible. Um, but I don't know. What I feel take. the same way. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual games, though. Did you think it was a great weekend overall? I felt like it was below average for March Madness. I think it was a lot better than last year. Last year was a massive disappointment. I think yeah. this year, this year was definitely better. I mean, we had some wild games, obviously, St. Peter's being in the Sweet 16. Yeah. But it still felt like, eh, maybe because there wasn't buzzer beaters, but I was going to say, what are your thoughts? It's a different kind of wild because you, you mentioned it before the show and just now. There hasn't been any buzzer beaters. Oh, 14 knocks off a three at the buzzer. Like, oh, crazy reaction. Like, there's been upsets, but they're like, you know, it's not as exciting, I guess. I don't know. It, it feels kind of weird to me just because I feel like there's been a decent amount of upsets this year. And also, it feels like every game is close. Not every single game, but a lot of these games with higher seats has been within 10, 8 points, you know? So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been very entertaining. I watched – I think I've watched a little bit, if not most of every game, which I can't say I've done in the past. I mean, I definitely watched about every game. I mean, there's some – It's there's a – you're at a sports bar and there's not enough TVs, then you miss a little bit of one game. But yeah, yeah, I, it was good. I think it really a tournament. Whenever the first games on Thursday aren't good, that's a problem because that Thursday day afternoon session w- was not good. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you what was good about that day though was uh, a thirty point stomping of Marquette by the Tar Heels. I mean, we even said it after the selection Sunday. UNC could not have asked for a better matchup in their bracket. 100%. 100%. And, you know, we'll get into the Baylor game, obviously, as well. But as a UNC fan, if you gave us an eight seed, I don't think there's another nine seed slash one seed in the second round that I would have picked other than what we got. Does that make sense? They are terrible. I don't understand. Like, you would think Shaka Smart, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You would think they'd be better. They were so bad. I mean, the game was over at the under 12. It was. It, they came. Carolina came out and just jumped on them. And Brady Manic. Oof, man. But yeah, I'm looking at the Thursday afternoon games. Michigan, Colorado State. It was close for a while. Last five minutes, Michigan dominated. Yep. South Dakota State, Providence. South Dakota State could just never get one rebound. They always needed just one rebound to get back in that game. They just couldn't. It kind of turned into a blowout. Yep. Providence by nine. Memphis a lot of people had. State. Memphis was lot, up twenty yeah. the, most of the game. Yeah, and a lot of people had. You said South Dakota State. A lot of people had that as their upset. That didn't work out. You know, Memphis, that wasn't really as close as the score indicated. Gonzaga, Georgia State, 
that was probably the best game of the afternoon session because Georgia State kept that close until about the under eight. That and I don't know the Richmond Iowa game was pretty good. I thought that was good. That was good. We, we were at the sports book here in that. Colorado. Um, everybody was on Iowa. It, really? it got super depressing when Iowa lost. Everybody was sad. I don't. I don't think there was a soul that was on Richmond. People were picking Iowa as like the. I mean, I know they're a five seed, but is that sleeper team to make the Final Four run? And they just got bounced by the Richmond Spiders. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was Thursday was the day uh, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's, which I thought when they went to overtime, Kentucky had it in the bag. Mm-hmm. I didn't think – like, that's where – people say it all the time. That's where underdogs go to die is overtime. I know. They were a 17-and-a-half-point dog. And I even said on the show, I was like, Kentucky, that this this is this line seems too low. Kentucky's going to dominate them. I will, St. Peter's in that title game, in their conference title game against Monmouth, was terrible. They were yeah, we were so talking bad. about it. And now they come out, they run this beautiful motion offense. Looks like a high school version of the Warriors. Yeah. I can't how are they gonna uh I guess we'll get into it a little later. I think Purdue's gonna give them a little problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh Oof. Creighton San Diego oh. State was good. Yeah, and on that Thursday, San Francisco Murray State was that I was thought, electric. Probably the best game of the day. Yeah, I think that was the best game of the day. Because even though Creighton and South or San Diego State went to OT, that game sucked. Like that was yeah, not a I fun was game wa- to watch. I was watching. Was I was like, like eh. this will never end. Yeah, but San Francisco Murray State trading buckets, like going over time. I thought that was amazing. Both of them, both of them got a tough draw in their bracket to where they had to play each other. Because I think they beat almost every other seven ten. Yep. Yeah, because I think they were the. I think I can, San Francisco might have been the best ten besides maybe Davidson or Miami. Miami was probably the best. Miami, 10. yeah, I would put them above Davidson though. But I, obviously, we saw like Murray State wasn't good. They couldn't beat St. Peter's. Yeah, exactly. They're a little fraudy. A little fraudy, I guess. Huh. Um, Akron almost beat UCLA. Yeah, and they. I thought they had it too. Uh, but yeah, like the first day was kind of boring. Like. It got you warmed up. It was it was a long day. It I was thought a long the first day. I thought the first day was better than the second day. Am I wrong about that? I feel like the first day was better for me than the second day. Because on the second day, yeah, the Michigan State Davidson game, yeah, Houston waxed UAB because a lot of people had UAB. Illinois like, Chattanooga was good. I mean, that was just a choke job I've never seen before. Miami oh my God, USC yeah. was fantastic. That was a really good game. I thought that shot was going in. Oh my God, that would have been that would have been heartbreaking. Like, just think, if that shot goes in, Miami Miami is the difference between that shot losing in the first round. They are a real threat to go to the Final Four. I easily see them beating Kansas. I'm looking at their path right now. Kansas didn't look too convincing to me. I would take Miami over Providence and their favorite against Iowa State. Yeah, I think I, think I have Miami beating Iowa State for sure. We'll, we'll get into that in the preview. But Miami Miami's road to the Final Four is not as tough as you may, as you may think. No, and Auburn was their spot. And that we even like said it on the preview show, and I still picked Auburn that Bruce Pearl's a fraud. If he's a favorite, he's a fraud. That and that's another thing. I tweeted this out. Everybody trashes Coach K. Oh, he can't win with these awesome freshmen, these start studded freshmen. Oh, he can never win. He always loses as a favorite. Calipari lost to St. Peter's. St. Peter's and I think they had about 15 to 20% of brackets having them to win the freaking title. At least 50% of them had them in the final four, especially above Baylor or like Purdue UCLA. And then Auburn gets waxed by Miami. 
Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And the thing with Kentucky is I was re- I was on Twitter. I was looking at some stats. They really haven't made a deep tournament run in the last, what, five or six years? I don't think they've made a deep run in a while. Uh, 2015, right, when they lost in the Final Four? Th- that's what I was thinking of, 2015 Final Four. Well, they put yeah. Carolina that year, but, like, a Final Four run is, has not been since then. Yeah, no. Yeah, which yeah, I think, yeah. you know, Kentucky's regarded as, like, a powerhouse. He's always been a fraud. Yeah, I agree. And Kentucky fans, oh, my gosh. Obviously, Duke and State fans are top of the line for me, like people I don't like. But Kentucky fans are up there, too, because you know they're just bandwagons from the 2012 team, 2015 team. Give me a break. And all of them were silent. I didn't see anything. Nothing. Silence. No, it, it, dead silent. Dead uh, silence. La- oh, last man. thing from the Friday games. Yeah. Duke not covering the 18 and a half was one was of tough. the saddest things I've ever seen in my life because – Theo John slams it in, go up 19. Yep. And just you just see it. You just see it. Five, four. And he's just walking in for easy. Nobody's going to move. Yep. Nobody's going to play it. And I just like, God, oh, please dribble out the ball. But yeah, Duke brutal cover there. I mean, that game, you knew what was going to happen in that game. They made up for it, though, with that little backdoor, uh, backdoor against Michigan State. Yeah. What a Because nobody thought, nobody thought that was going to hit. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, first two days weren't bad. I mean, I got mean, me in the mood. Yeah, got me a little taste. We'll get into the Carolina Baylor game, but story of the like weekend was, was, yeah, story of the weekend ahead. was horrible officiating. Oh my god, I I went on Twitter instantly because you know obviously being a Carolina fan, I was complaining about that game. We can get into that, but if you watched most of the games, it was consistently inconsistent at the end of games, and nothing more than the TCU Arizona game last night. I know you don't want to end the game on free throws or a foul. That's boring. Whatever. If it's the right call, you got to make it. If it's one thing, if he drops to the lane, there's a little contact, misses the shot. No, he got pushed over that half court line. I know people were trying to say, no, it was soft. He flopped. It was an exaggeration. No, you tweeted it out. 30, the first 38, 39 minutes of that game, they're calling that 100 times out of 100. They're and nobody's complaining. Every single time. And nobody's, and nobody's complaining. complaining. And also, it was a foul. That's a blocking foul. We always we see every call was a charge this weekend. Every call. If someone even if someone even thought about falling, it was a charge. We even saw a bunch that guys didn't even fall in there. Just like charge yeah. that the guy drove, but and, that one was a clear block. The guy wasn't there. He ran into him, bodied him into the backcourt, and they still didn't call it. If I was a TCU fan, I would be living. And people were like, yep. "Oh well, he didn't make that shot. They didn't have their chance in overtime. They should have been shooting two free throws with yep. three seconds left." And even if, okay, they don't call a foul, it should have been backcourt then. So they missed that too. If they're saying it's not a foul that he got pushed over the line, he still had possession when he crossed that line. That's a backcourt violation. Thank God the duck didn't count. That would have been a horrible way for Arizona to advance. But oh, I want, I, just, Arizona, I want Arizona to lose now. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. They should not be here. Um, but, hey. But speaking you talk, of you, bad, yeah, let's get into bad yeah. refereeing. Carolina yeah. Baylor. What a game. Like, I'm, I was sitting there laughing the whole time. Like, this is not happening right now. Those refs were out of control. They let we, – we talked about this earlier in the year with Carolina-Louisville. This was 10 times that game. They let the game get out of control. And you can, you can you know, be funny and text me, Brady Manning should be in jail. Do you really, like, from a non-biased perspective, think that should have been a flagrant two? Because I easily see flagrant one. That's fair. But Caleb Love got headlocked against Marquette, and it was not even a flagrant. It was a common foul. So I don't know if that warranted a flagrant two. I know it was intentional, but I don't think it was a flagrant two, even if it wasn't Carolina. It's tough because, like, it was definitely intentional, and that's where, like, yeah, that's where it's the problem. 
Because if yeah. it was an inadvertent elbow, like that happens, like whatever. It didn't look good, but since it's intentional, you almost have to. But I guess, but does it not change for like, oh, there's, you know, 10 minutes left in a, in a tournament game. So maybe you don't eject somebody with 30 points or does that just have nothing to do with it? I don't think that has anything to do with it. Because also Carolina looked like they were going to walk with that game anyways. They were up 20, 25 yeah. at that point. 25 with like 11 minutes left or 10, 10 and a half when man, it got ejected. And then, yeah, I, that's a tough one. If it would have been flagrant one, I wouldn't have been upset. If it was flagrant two, I wouldn't have been upset. Like, yeah, I think there's a I wasn't too, call. too, I wasn't too, too mad about that. Like at first I was like, damn, like they're really going to eject him. But in my mind, I was like, you know, does it really matter at this point? It mattered because <laughs> I, he's the savior of y'all's team. I didn't like, and like you were talking about who's the most important player. Even when Baycott was out, you miss Brady Manic the most because there is no three point threat without him or RJ Davis. No, yep. And RJ Davis was getting locked up at the end because they they were like this. It was one on it was one on four. Yeah, it was one on four. I just oh my gosh, Carter. I don't know. There was a stretch. If you, if anybody listening to this goes back and watches that game, there was a stretch where Baylor got called or uh, Carolina got called for nine straight fouls plus the ejection, and the only thing that got called on Baylor was the double foul on Armando Baycott and so whatever his name was, Sochi, the number one guy with blonde hair. And even then, they called another dead ball technical on Baycott. I just couldn't believe it. And everybody's like, oh, Baylor had seven fouls in the first five or six minutes of the second half. Go back and watch it. Every single one was a foul. And Ryan Switzer was tweeting about it. The Big 12 does this all the time. It's not football. Double hands on them. If you put two hands on somebody while they're driving to the basket or on a press, if you body somebody below the waist, that's a foul every time. You can't, like, you can't complain about that. And then they swallowed their whistle for the last 10 minutes. It was the same thing. They didn't change the way they were playing defense, and they just swallowed their whistle. I couldn't believe it. I know Justin McCoy and all them came in, and Carolina started choking against the press, but it was a foul every time. It was a foul every time. You can't body someone. Caleb Love fouling out was ridiculous. I, I'm done. I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I lost five years of my life. That was – I mean – that was one of the funniest experiences. You're like, this is not happening right now. This is not happening. And when Baycott got that fourth, I thought I thought that was it. I thought he was going to be out, and then who are we going to turn to? Hubert Davis it. made the made such a smart move. He did it in the Duke game. And when Baycott got that first foul early in the Duke game, he took Baycott oh, out just for a couple minutes. Yeah, just for just yeah. for a little bit. And then he did it in this game too. I think it was three thirty left in the game that Baycott got, got fourth, the fourth, yeah. and then they took him out for a couple minutes, brought him back in, and also once they went to overtime, oh my god! And Dontrell Styles hit that three. It was that's when you knew it was over. If you're not a Carolina fan, you were like, "That's it." If Dontrell Styles is hitting that shot, it's game. He stepped up here. He's played twenty five minutes. I don't think he's played twenty five minutes all season. The first half of the season, I mean. But let me tell you, Carter, if you would have asked me to gamble my life on that game after it went to overtime, I would have, without even a second of hesitation, said Carolina was losing when it went to overtime. Missing two of their starters, Baycott with four fouls. I thought for sure Baycott was going to foul out in the first 30 seconds of overtime. I can't believe they pulled it out. Shout out R.J. Davis, because it was a 1v3 trap every time. And, and also, it's the right thing to do if you're Baylor. Uh, we, we love Bo Estes, but him tweeting out that Leaky <clears throat> Black is a NBA caliber player right now, stop. Stop. Uh, Stop. He's, he's a great on-ball defender in college, a, but it a is phenom- such a, it's such a step up. It's and also, up. he could be a great on-ball defender in the NBA. He can't shoot to save his life. He, he, can't, dro- yeah. he can't do anything else other than defend and grab a rebound or two because he, when he got that ball in that press, 
that's who, if I'm a Baylor fan or anybody rooting against Carolina like I am, I wanted to see two players have that ball in the end there. I wanted <laughs> Justin McCoy and I oh, wanted yeah. Leaky Black with the ball because Leaky Black panicked every single time. He ran straight for the corner, double the coffin corner, and then the coffin corner chucked it off out of bounds. If if he didn't, I mean, he got so lucky on those. Like, yeah, he did that five times in the last five minutes in overtime of the game. Yeah, I agree. And he just keep dribbling to the coffin corner. And I get it. Like losing Caleb Love is a lot worse than you think because that is a ball handler that can break the press. So it was literally R.J. Davis, and it was supposed to be Leaky Black as a secondary ball handler. Finally, that started you know started letting him inbound the ball because Justin McCoy kept turning it over. But, I mean, I agree. I don't know. The take about him being an NBA player is just such a step up. If Leaky Black was in the NBA, it would be like a downgraded Andre Roberson, like a very downgraded Andre Roberson. Exactly. Um, let's move on. And Kansas. He, yeah. Oof. We'll, we'll go through all the second-round games. Kansas-Creighton, tight one, and then Kansas pulled away. If Creighton didn't lose their big man in the first round, I think they might have had that one. Yeah. I, you you kind of knew, even watching the whole game, you're like, Creighton's not actually going to win. Yeah, they're not going to finish this. O'Connell doesn't have it in him. <laughs> uh, Michigan, Tennessee. Michigan, I mean, they had no – Tennessee had no answer for Dickinson. I just don't understand. They should not – I will stand by this. I know they've won two games. They shouldn't be in the tournament. And people are saying, oh, they're proving everybody wrong. That doesn't matter. They shouldn't have been selected. But you know what? They did, and they're making the most of it. I can't I can't be a hater. They, they have a legitimate shot. Who they play next? Um – they play Villanova. Villanova? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I we'll mean, get into that. We'll get into that. Oh, God. Next, we have Providence-Richmond. Terrible game. Blowout from the start. It was done immediately. Oh, yeah. Nothing to really Rich- say about that. Providence nah. was – yeah, we talked about it. I Nobody thought Providence would even make it out of the first round. Nope. Nope. I had them out in the first round. The, good for they, them, I guess. Yeah. Covered two spreads pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, St. Mary's UCLA, everybody overreacted about St. Mary's winning by 100 against Indiana. I still love this UCLA team. Love this UCLA team. I agree. And I will say this, though. That's Carolina's next opponent. I think Carolina matches up pretty well with them. I don't know if they have an answer inside for Baycott, but I am worried about that team. They have the experience there. The only thing is, Johnny Juzang has not been – too much of a factor. Have you seen that in the first couple of games yeah. they played? He hasn't, he hasn't done anything. I know. That's I would I would I I think he's just gonna step up randomly he's one of due. these games. He's, he's due, due for, for a, a game. big game. I'm terrified. But the thing is, Leaky Black will be on him. And he has shut down people every game this year. You, you know, you can say what you want to about him not being an NBA defender. His matchups have historically been horrible. Marquette's lead score was like one, what, two for 14? I think it was. Marquette, yeah. I think Marquette's everybody was two for 14. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, St. Peter's was like an eight-point dog against Murray State. They went easily by 10. I can't believe it. Yeah, I they was are... watching that game. Murray State had no chance. Really? Every I, didn't, play- I didn't see all of it. Murray State could not keep up with that team. That offense, and they're a 30-win team. That offense is beautiful by St. Peter's. Beautiful. They are, they are one of the funnest teams to watch, not even because they're a 15 seed just because they move the ball so well and it's a true motion offense that is unbelievable. Yeah. After watching Duke for stretches on Sunday, it is such a contrast because Duke plays mm-hmm. such pro basketball. I say for 20 seconds of the shot clock, and then someone's got to make something happen. And that's Jack a wing three. Plays. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, let's move on. New Mexico, yeah. State, Arkansas. That was a, I mean, it was an ugly game. If you had the under, it was ugly. Shout out. If you had the under, like, 
your love and life, but it was ugly. Yeah. New Mexico State, like, that's another one. It was kind of like Creighton. You're like, it just doesn't feel like they're pulling this one out. I agree. And, oh, man, I watched the second half of that game. It's just, it was just ugly basketball. And Arkansas doesn't really pose a threat, I don't think, in my eyes. No. And then Memphis-Gonzaga. Gonzaga looking rattled. That, and we wrote Penny Hardaway and his team off earlier in the year. And, you know, they made the game against the overall number one seed. I just thought there was way too much uncertainty. Maybe if Imani Bates had been playing the whole season. You know, there's so many different factors. But in the tournament, you know, it's a lot of it's about talent. And the talent came out from Memphis. I mean, they had the players. They just – uh, Gonzaga, you know, came out came out the end. Oh my goodness, they they look. Chet, I like everyone freaked out because Chet Holmgren had 21, 17, 7, and seven in their yeah. first game against Georgia State. Who was guarding him? A six seven guy. Yeah, who's yeah maybe yeah barely a D one player. And when he honestly in that Memphis game when he got the ball, if you're a Gonzaga fan, you did not want him to, shooting that basketball at all. No, and he's very uncomfortable watching him play. And he's struggled from distance this year, too. Uh, all right, let's move on to Sunday's games. Oh, yeah. Let's do Duke, Michigan State. Um, another right. refereeing. <laughs> awful, awful refereeing. It was terrible. I don't want to hear what you said. That's fine, but you can't compare it to the Carolina Baylor game. It's not on that level. Not even no, close. No, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was up there because, my goodness. Also, back to the Carolina Baylor game. I just had a thought about this. Those mm-hmm. five second calls were quick. It was telling you right now, three, four, that, five. and then I watched the Duke game, and everybody's crying for a five second call. That was, I think, like six seconds. But Carolina gets like three and a half. I oh my gosh, uh, the refs. Somebody made a phone call about the, about the refs. Uh, but that's the thing with the Duke game, though. Oh my goodness, man! Duke could not buy a call. Duke was getting clean blocks straight up. And they were giving every call to Michigan State. But then on the other end, Duke – the same thing happens. Duke Duke gets bodied on a play. Duke guy yeah. gets smacked on the arm. No call. There's just no consistent refereeing. And then at the end, then they're just like all over the place. Both teams are getting horrible calls. Yeah. It's, it's literally every game I've watched that's been close to the end, the referees have swallowed the whistle. I'm not sure if they've been told that or like prepped on that, briefed on that, whatever. You can't do that. You can't call the game a certain way for 38 minutes and the last two minutes change it up because then the teams are used to it a certain way for 38 minutes. They're going to play for those There calls. has been multiple games where the team one team has been in the bonus with before the under-16 timeout. That is six uh-huh. fouls, and you're already in the bonus in less than four minutes of basketball. That's not yeah. okay. Like Nobody wants to watch that, and they're not actual fouls. Baylor, Carolina, you got to call it tight both ways if you want to keep it tight like that. But then yep. you have these like ins- inconsistent calls. And same with the Duke-Michigan State game. All of a sudden, you're allowed to just put two hands on somebody, and if you trap somebody, the whistle's gone. If you trap somebody, you might as well just grab their arm. Everybody take an arm, and the ball just be loose because well, they're not going to call it. The thing, too, is Theo John makes every play look a little dirtier than it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Theo John had two clean plays. It got horrible, horrible foul calls. Those he was straight up, but he's just stronger than the guy, and they're punishing yeah. guys who are just stronger. It's, it's oh my goodness! It's on the so actual out of control, on the actual game though, it seemed like every time Duke made a little run, Michigan State had an answer. Either Bingham or Gabe Brown would come down and nail a three from the top of the key. They were that was nailed. contested. That was contested. Uh, Theo John had three threes nailed on him, but oh the, man, there is two differences in this game. Paulo Bancaro played his role, played great, unbelievable yep. game. 
First off, Mark Williams played out of his mind. Out of his mind. His rim protection is unbelievable. Huge rebounds, huge putbacks, Mm -hmm. huge dunks, made big free throws when it mattered most. He hit that fadeaway turnaround from the baseline. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. He played phenomenally. But and uh, even when he didn't, even when he didn't like actually block a shot, him being there affecting their shots, they have to put him way higher off the glass. That's such a difficult shot. And if he's not in the game, they don't have to do that. No, because Theo John was getting cooked. But yeah, I will say this: Jeremy Roach looks like a trade, a, a Tyus or Trey Jones brother. He looks like one of the Jones brothers. Unbelievable! Can't it. Unbelievable! You texted me, you said Jeremy Roach needs to be tested for PEDs. And this is so yep. crazy. I couldn't believe it because the last year and well, definitely last year, then the first what like third of this year, maybe I was like, oh, he does not belong in the ACC. Like, what's going on? He has turned it on. The end of this year and in the tournament so far and the ACC tournament, he has turned it on. I don't know what happened. In this defense is unbelievable. He does not give up on a single play on defense. Unbelievable on-ball defender when he is guarding guards. That yeah. steal he made at the end of the second half, Dick, it changed that game. It looked yeah. like Duke was going to lose. I think we were down uh-huh. five at that point. He made that steal, and that was pivotal. Even Coach K, like Coach K was going nuts about him in the post game. Yeah. But yeah, and it, even like – go ahead. I was going to say – no way we were losing that game. I feel that way too. And it used to be on Jeremy Roach, like, oh, you know, give him five feet of space. Doesn't matter if he shoots. He takes a contested three from the top of the key now, three feet behind the line. And I'm thinking, that's probably it. Like, it, that's well, the point of Scott, too. Drives, he might be the best slasher, like, best slashing guard in college basketball right now. His drives are phenomenal. He had that one mm-hmm. move where he did a slow down Euro. Unbelievable. And what is he, 6'1? If I think he's 6'1". He, he, he looks like a six-footer, 5'11 guy out there. He they, looks tiny. It's the same thing with R.J. Davis. They list him as six-foot even. He's not He's not above 5'10". There's no way. It's the same thing. They, I mean, they look tiny out there, but what a game by Jeremy Rich. Yeah. Making tough floaters. He, he oh, my goodness. The, making the switch to Jeremy Roach in the starting lineup over Trevor Keels was huge. I Did you uh, – let me get your uh, thoughts on this. What was your opinion – or not your opinion. What was your uh, initial reaction to A.J. Griffin going down, clutching his ankle? I thought, I thought that, that was, was it. it. I thought it was it. I was uh, – because uh, obviously I'm a Carolina fan, but I was like, oh, no. I was like, that's horrible. And that's another thing. We closed that game without A.J. Griffin. I mean, yeah. you're letting you're letting almost everybody else shoot threes beside Jeremy Roach. Kills hit a big one for the top of the key to tie the Kills game. Kills hit that big one. That was huge. But, yeah, yeah losing but, yeah, A.J. I, I Griffin right there is a huge threat. And he's a good defender, too. Is he going to be okay for the Sweet 16? He looked okay on the sideline. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. But let's move on because we got to hurry. Notre Dame, Texas yeah, Tech, pretty boring game. Uh, defense won in that one, I guess. Notre Dame just stopped hitting shots. I was, I was about to say the same thing. They stopped hitting those perimeter shots. They had a chance. They had a great chance, and they just couldn't finish it off. Texas Tech plays that smothering defense, mm-hmm. and I, we'll I wasn't a believer. Yeah, that Big, 12, that Big 12 football defense. Oh, yeah, there's two hands on. Houston, Illinois. Houston dominated Illinois in every aspect of the game. Illinois looked soft, almost looked soft. Oh, yeah. They were terrible, terrible performance by Illinois. We don't have to get how, into that one. How stupid was I and you too for not picking Houston in the first round against UAB? We were caught up in the Jelly Walker. And- I know. I couldn't. When I saw Jelly Walker miss his first five shots, I think he took like 27 shots. I think game. he was five for 20. Yeah, like five for 20 something. I don't know. Yeah, he was. It was Ugh. awesome. I, I would do it 100 times out of 100 again. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State choked against Villanova. Choked. They had, the they had them on the ropes. three points. 
there was 5.30 left in the game. They hit one field goal and made two free throws. That's it. Villanova, Villanova's frauds. Villanova's 100% frauds. They've been given a perfect draw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because think about this. Is if Villanova ended up with the Murray State San Fran or Miami USC or even Michigan State Davidson, they lose all of those games. Or St. Peter's in the first round. How about that? Exactly. That's another one. I oh, think Villanova's man. a little too well coached to lose at St. Peter's. Yeah, Jay, Jay Rye's legit. Um, Iowa State upsets Wisconsin. Wisconsin frauds once again. Under 50 points in a tournament game? That's the second. Because didn't Iowa State hold their first-round matchup to under? They, they held uh, LSU under 50, LSU to like 50, I think. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, I guess. they have. I think they have like second most quad one wins in college basketball. But Yeah. Uh, we'll get into the Miami-Iowa State yeah. game. Miami – Auburn stomps on Auburn stomps on Auburn shout out Jim Laranaga I, I mean the yeah. SEC has three teams in the sweet 16 I, McGusty had 20 Isaiah Wong 21 to 6 I said it on the preview show I said if Isaiah Wong figures it out because you know the couple games in the tournament the last couple games of the regular season he wasn't himself I watched the Miami games he didn't really do anything and I told you I was like if he can figure it out for this tournament they will make a run and sure enough he had 21 6 and 2 decently efficient shots McGusty had 20 and Auburn just looked like they didn't belong. Kessler played 13 minutes, had two rebounds. Yeah. That's it. That is, yeah. that is a rough They shot. don't go to Jabari Smith. He's their best player. And those He's their best player. just take over, and they're just not good enough. No, they're not. Uh, oh, my gosh. Texas kind of kept it close with Purdue, and then Purdue pulled away. You uh, never really thought Texas was going to win that, though. I didn't, at no. least. No, and also, I'm not super convinced by Purdue either. They haven't hit that gear that we saw earlier in the season. But nothing. Jaden Ivey, big shots, big mm-hmm. shots at the end. That three was huge. TCU Arizona, we mainly went over it already, but what rigged. A, such a such a sad thing for TCU fans. And that stinks. I love Eddie Lampkin. He he won me over last night. Big number four for TCU. I Looks was like, loving yeah, it. Yeah, there's like Drewski out there. I was loving it. Um, okay, let's move on to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games. We're gonna preview each one of these games. Let's start off with on Thursday night, if this would load. Thursday night, the first game of the night is Arkansas versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a nine-point favorite over under 154.5. I like Gonzaga to stomp Arkansas. I was about to say the same thing. This is the game Gonzaga wins by 25, and everybody's like, oh, they're definitely going to win the national title. This is the game before they fall apart. I don't know who's guarding True Timmy. I think Chet Holmgren has a solid game. One of their guards is going to hit five threes, guaranteed. 100%. They will win by 20-25. Easy cover. Michigan, Nova, Nova minus five, over under 135. I don't have a play like either side. Honestly, I'd probably take Michigan plus five, but I don't love it. I don't like this game at all. If you're looking to sprinkle half a unit on Michigan money line, I don't think that's horrible. Because I will say this, on the left side of the bracket, there's not a team I like. Or, sorry, not the left side, the right side of the bracket. Where yeah. it's Arizona, Houston, Nova, Michigan, Kansas, Providence, Miami, Iowa State. There's not yeah. a team I like. How? I mean, Miami's near the top. Exactly. But Nova, Michigan, if I was going to play anything, it would be plus five. But, I yeah. mean. I, I like Michigan to keep it close. I don't think Nova is has got it this year. I don't know. Yeah, I think it keeps, keeps it close. I still think Nova wins this game. I do, too. I don't see Michigan going to the Elite Eight. Um, okay, let's move on. Houston, Arizona, Arizona minus two. Give me Houston just because I hate Arizona. Over-unders 145 and a half. I also like that under a lot. I think this is a super defensive game. I think Houston's going to come out on top. 
if I'm just picking one team to win, it's got to be Houston because Arizona showed a lot of weakness against TCU. Houston and Wright State. T- they showed and, a lot of weaknesses yep. against Wright State. And Houston is better than TCU. So I don't know if Arizona can keep up this, you know, the charade of inconsistency, but and the one of the the main one of Thursday night in San Francisco, Texas Tech is a one point favorite against Duke over under 136 and a half. I love Duke as a dog. Love Duke as a dog. Are you kidding me? I also, this is going to sound weird. Texas Tech is a perfect team for us to play. I was very worried really? because I don't want to go against teams that can shoot well. And Texas Tech, Tech is well, not that team. And Texas Tech has to drive. And if they have to drive, that means they have to meet Mark Williams at the basket and Paula Bancaro and Theo John. That means I love Duke. Texas Tech is the worst three-point shooting team in college basketball. Teams who beat Duke can hit the three-pointer. Miami was hitting the three-pointer. Yep. Carolina was hitting the three-pointer. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, Hunter Couture had seven threes against us. You yep. have to hit threes if you want to beat Duke, and you have to stretch Mark Williams out to the three-point line. He's not going to have to move out there whatsoever. He's going to so be able not, to camp in the paint. You're not worried about Texas Tech defense. Oh, I'm worried. All. Don't get me wrong. It's the NCAA tournament. I was worried about Cal State Fullerton. Shout out Brian. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, you're, you're nervous no matter who you play. I think it'll be close. I think it's going to be a great game. I think that might be the best game of that night. Oh, it's. I think it's the best game. Carolina UCLA is a great Probably game, the Sweet 16. Yeah. Texas Tech Duke. I love, love, love Duke in this one. Um, <laughs> Texas Tech is a great matchup for us, I think. I really do. But, I'm looking forward to that game. Just as a basketball fan, I think it'd be great to watch. Yeah. It's, we need big minutes from Mark Williams. He can't get into foul trouble. Yep. All right. Huge. Let's move on. Friday night. St. Peter's versus Purdue. Purdue's minus 12 and a half over under 135 and a half. I would ride St. Peter's just because to keep riding the train, but I think Purdue wins here comfortably. Does St. Peter's have any size though? Purdue's got two all-conference centers. Exactly. And I, the thing is like Oscar Schwebe, however you say it. Toshiba. He, he had 30 points and 17 rebounds against and they still St. Won. Peter's. And they still won. It didn't matter. So Guys like Stefanovic and Ivy have to step up big time. I think they will. Yep. I don't think this is I think so close too. One. Usually, when we see these like 14, 15 seeds make it, it ends 16. in the Sweet 16. It ends yep. in the Sweet 16. The Cinderella ends. Oral right. Roberts. Exactly. Yep. I agree. I got Purdue. Uh, and I also kind of like the over in that one. Providence, Kansas. Yep. Kansas minus seven and a half. Over unders 141 and a half. Give me Providence. This. Yeah, I was about to say, give me Providence, but I hate this game. This could. <sighs> Yeah, this is a boring I don't know. game. Give me Providence with the points. I think it stays decently close. Still I think agree. Kansas wins, but I'm going a little chalk this weekend. I don't like a lot of upsets. I agree completely. Uh, Iowa State, Miami. Miami's minus two and a half. Love Miami. Love, love, love Miami. The only thing that scares me is everybody's going to love Miami, but yeah. I still like Miami. Over under is 133 and a half. If I wouldn't play either side, probably the over no. if I had to. But uh, I like Miami. I like Miami at minus two and a half a lot. Because like Iowa Miami. State didn't convince me. Like, LSU no. was terrible. Wisconsin yeah. looked terrible. Wisconsin was just missing wide open shots, too. And Wisconsin only really has one player. So Exactly. Is that a true, like, testament to Iowa State? I'm not sure. I still like Miami. And Miami's just got some dudes. Like, Charlie Moore, Isaiah Wong, Kim McGussie. We mentioned it. They've they got, got some, some bucket dudes. getters. And Jim Laranaga is one heck of a coach. He is. Shout out, shout out to ACC. UNC. UCLA, UCLA minus two, over under 142 and a half. This is going to be an awesome game. It is, and 
Oh, man. They opened as two and a half. It's already down to two. I think it might drop a little more. Carolina matches up well with UCLA, I think. I don't think Cody Riley can guard Armando Baycott. I think it's going to be easy to get him in foul trouble. If Johnny Juzang does not have a game, he has not had a game yet this tournament. If he doesn't have a game, I really like Carolina's chances. I really do. I would have rather played St. Mary's, but. I I like UCLA in this one. Everybody's on the Carolina bandwagon right now. Everybody is. If Mana comes out and scores 30 again, though, they're not going to win. Can you see the, man, the manic? Win? The manic stuff has to end soon. There's no Does way it? he can keep this up. He, is he not had Larry Bird. He had 26 with 10 minutes left, Carter. He was going for 40. He was going for a career high. That's what I'm saying. Ejected. It has to end soon. Where Where are you guys playing at? It's I think Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia. I know for a fact. Hmm. Yeah, at the Wells Fargo Center. Yep. Why was I, Why did Baylor get in that region? I don't I know. I was they were the last one. Well, seat, so. well, Fort Fort Worth was uh, very close to Baylor, only ninety minutes away from their campus. Well, just the region alone, because like Gonzaga got to pick that they got to be in the West region in oh. San Fran. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the last one seed, kind of like Duke. Duke didn't have a call. Yeah, because Duke wanted to be in the Midwest, which that would have been awesome. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we talked about that in the previous show too. Yeah. Um, I just I like, think if I like UCLA in this one, it's gonna. This is going to be one of those classic college basketball games. This is a, I think so too. This is going to be an instant classic. This will be a buzzer beater game. Do you think it'll be like that Kentucky Carolina game where Luke may hit the shot, Malik Monk, it'll be Fox? I think it'll be something like of that. that. But we see like Bernard hit a three. Somebody weird's going to go off. I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it'll be like Caleb Love, you know, shooting eight for eight from three or something like that. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Leaky Black scores over eight points. Call me crazy. Do you think this is crazy that the winner of UNC-UCLA makes the Final Four? I don't know. The only reason I'm hesitant to say that is because if Carolina wins, well, actually, no, I don't think that's bad at all because we matched up pretty well with Purdue early in the year. You're going to say you matched up well with anybody. (laughs) No, no, no. We played Purdue very close early in the year. We matched up really good with the the Brooklyn Nets. I think they can't handle Leaky Black. Leaky Black's the best defender in history. Katie, let me have this. Score on him. RJ Davis can lock down Kyrie. Who's guarding Caleb Love on the Nets? I don't know. And then, not Seth like, Curry. I don't think Blake Griffin can handle Armando Baycott. <laughs> Andre Drummond will easily get two fouls, and we're going to go open the first half. No, I don't know. I don't think that's a bad take because it just depends on how Purdue looks at St. Peter's. If St. Peter somehow knocks off Purdue, I think the winner of Carolina UCLA is easily in. Do you? Because then, if St. Peter's beats Purdue. It's got to run out, right? At some point, it has to run out. It has to. What if they won the title? What if they won the title? That would be the greatest thing in sports history. We did need to talk about this, though. And then we'll we'll head out. Okay. Two things. Real quick. If you had to give your final four right now after the Sweet 16, who do you think makes it right now? All right. I know you're going to say Carolina. You have to say Carolina. I have to say Duke. I think Duke's making it, even though Duke's definitely not making it. They have to play Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga from the West. I got Carolina from the East. The South, I don't know. The South, I don't know. I think Kansas is still making it from the Midwest. The South, I don't know, though. It's kind of it's tempting to say Houston, huh? I think I would have to. Houston, Gonzaga, Carolina, Kansas. I don't think that's and a horrible final It sounds gross. Four. It does kind of sound gross. That's the one, like, you can't see that final four. I mean, I'm going to pick Duke. I think Gonzaga makes it, though, but Duke, 
I like UCLA to still make the final four, especially if UCLA can get past this UNC team. I like them. I think they're going to be really confident going into the Purdue game. I think Purdue's going to look yep. down on St. Peter's and come out soft in that game too. That's why I kind of like St. Peter's plus 12 and a half. And then I'd say Duke, UCLA, and then I like Miami. I actually really think Miami comes out of that bracket. I don't like uh, this Kansas team. I don't think this is one of the least talented Kansas teams we've seen. And we talked think, about that. Yeah. I think Miami's just flat out more talented. And I like Jim Laranaga coaching a team more than I do Bill Self. Hey, we've talked about it all year. Great guard play gets you far. Miami has three great guards. And what is going on in Carolina right now? RJ Davis and Caleb Love are playing phenomenally. What's going on at Duke right now? Jeremy Roach has stepped up like he's a Jones brother. Yep. Gonzaga's guards are playing terrible, and Gonzaga's barely getting by. Yep. Yep. Every, you have to. Tiger, Tiger Campbell's playing out of his mind, too, at UCLA. Yep. Auburn's guards sucked. They lost. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty consistent. Everything. It's pretty consistent. Um, But then I think I like Houston, even though it sounds stupid. Houston or Arizona, I think the winner of that game goes to the Final Four. I agree. I like Houston or Arizona, 100%. Um, okay, last thing we got to talk about. Duke, Carolina, Final Four is real. I don't want to – don't <laughs> – Duke has to do a lot of work. Carolina has to do a lot of work. There is potential. There's a chance. There's a chance. And that, that is crazy. We talked about it. I don't know if I could watch. Couldn't wasn't that like a possibility a couple of years ago, but then Carolina lost in the first round of Wisconsin and like never really panned out. Uh everyone picked it in 2019 when Duke had Zion. And then I think you guys lost to Texas AM. Yeah, that's when people were sick and Robert Yeah, Wade, yeah yep. Uh, this year, it, it seems more of a possibility this year than ever before. With the teams that are ahead on, for both teams on the road, the bracket, it, it, it seems decent odds, especially especially if both of them win this weekend, like the first game. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I, I don't think I can do it. We couldn't have a podcast for a couple of weeks. Just <laughs> whoever won, whatever, we just couldn't do it. Because that's it. Like it. Once they meet in the tournament, especially the final four, yeah, they meet in a final. Like, if it happened in the Sweet 16, like, yeah, it would be big, but like, it would, yeah. I think it would only matter for that season. Elite Eight, it would matter because that takes you to the final four. In the final four, though, to go to the national championship, yeah, whoever wins that game has bragging rights forever. Nobody can, ever yeah. thinks about Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor ever, ever again. No, if you lose in that. the final four. That's that always one, there. That one will sting for the rest of your life, especially if that team goes on to win the national title and you guys yeah. lost in the final four, it's over. That will always oh, well, be, if, yeah, yeah. If Duke that will always be the card. Here's the thing, though, because if that happens and Carolina loses in the final four to Duke, I'm instantly going to sit here and say, Duke's, Duke's a uh, two seed. Carolina's an eight seed. They shouldn't even be here. Carolina's playing with house money. You're, you're supposed to. With house you're money. Supposed, that's what I love. Because Carolina didn't do that well as favorites this year. You know, like they lost to some horrible teams. They're not supposed to be here right now, which I love. I love that. But oh my gosh, I that would ta- that would take five years off my life. I'm serious. I like. I almost feel like I'd get so amped up for that game where I would have to just talk to talk to myself. Like I don't care what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then like at the very end, like if it's close, we're like, you know, if we lose on buzz beer, it's fine. I'm yeah, just gonna go yeah, outside. Yeah, I'm just I'll gonna get some, yeah. get some food. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. Good season. With, Good season. Go out with my lady. You know, have a great day. You know. Take, yeah, her out, take her out to dinner and not have to think about basketball. I was texting some people this weekend too. I hate how much I care about sports and how much I hate I can, 
I can't stand how much I care about like Duke basketball and oh, yeah. in general, because how easy would life be if you didn't have to sweat out that Baylor game or I didn't have to sweat out that Michigan State game or you didn't have to sweat out, you know, Dude, your bracket and stuff like that. I was on the floor with my head in my hands when Baylor and Carolina went to overtime. I was uh, like shaking. It was unreal. And I, I don't usually get into the games like that, but in Subway tournament games, whole different story. It's, it's, it's another breed. Even the Cal State Fullerton game, like, you know you're winning those games when you're a one-two seed, but especially as a Duke fan, I was at the Duke Lehigh game. It's always real. It, there, there's oh, always yeah. that possibility, and there's nothing worse than when your team loses in the NCAA tournament and you realize I don't get to see this for another eight months. Yep, and eight especially months. for Duke fans this year, that's it for Coach K. So it's going to be a done whole with up. Coach K. So, I'm not. Carolina, I'm not. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have to experience that because Roy Williams, nobody knew he was going to reti- retire, yeah, but, so we didn't get that feeling, but yeah. I'm not, like, that upset about Coach Gailey's and, like, whatever. I mean, John. Oh, Curry. oh, real quick before we go, did Adam Stanko's tweet, shout out Adam Stanko, about Coach K maybe coming back in a couple of years and coaching at a smaller school. I'm sorry, I can't see that. Like, I know I, I get the idea, but he not Coach He goes back K. to Army and takes him to the title. Not Coach K, though. I can't see that happening. I think he's legitimately done. No, I, I don't. I think he'll be done. I think he'll be 100%. Okay. He's going to be all over consulting roles. The thing is, like, he always – like, he'll say, like, oh, he'll go into, like, the darkness, like, won't be seen much around public. Mm-hmm. That's such a lie. We're going to see you don't, all over TV. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You don't think he'll beat all the games? Because Roy Williams has been at every Carolina game this year. You don't think Coach K will come to every Duke game? No, just because Coach K doesn't have a spot to sit where he can't be – because Coach K hates being around fans. Oh, yeah. That's, and you're, there's just no spot in Cameron where you can sit comfortably and not be yeah. near fans. Like, Roy Williams has security guards on that lower bowl front row where you can, like, no, get by. Not really. I'm telling you, Carter, I've been to a lot of the games this year since he's been coming to all the games. There is a line all the way up the bleachers from where he sits, people signing, taking pictures. He takes a selfie with everybody. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we saw the Hornets game. He did that when the, with the Hornets Bulls played. Everybody went up to him. He took a picture with everybody. Oh, yeah. I know. I really do like Roy Williams, but. Yeah. Yeah, Coach K's not doing it. He's going to be on TV. He'll make TV appearances on ESPN, TNT. He'll be doing stories. He'll hop on podcasts. He's not done, like, doing that. He'll keep his name out there. He'll still be in the spot. I don't think he'll be a head coach. He'll never be a head coach again. No. I, I really don't think so. I think he does, like, a Jerry West role, but with college basketball. I can see that. I can see that. Where he's going to help out former assistants, do a bunch of speaking engagements and all that. He won't coach yeah. again. That, that, that's insane. If he did coach like, again, I'm curious. I would love to see it. I would too. And, you know, he's talking about like how he doesn't look like a coach that's done. Well, nobody ever does. It's your last season. You're going to be coaching like extra hard. Like, you know, like you're going to be into it, obviously. Yeah, no, like Jim Beheim is like 900 years old. You could say yep. nah, he's got plenty of time left. He's probably got one more year, but we don't have to get into that. Let's hope. Golly. Um, okay, cool. Well, that'll do it for us. We will be back on, I believe, Friday. We'll let you know to check us out on all social media at CarterCast. Follow us on Twitter at Connor underscore Spare at CarterB8. Follow us on TikTok at CarterCast. Check out the YouTube page, uh, the CarterCast YouTube page. Like, subscribe to all the videos. And check out CarterCast.com. We have a bunch of new articles coming out this week. Not a lot came out last week just because we knew everybody was going to be watching the tournament. So check oh, out yeah. CarterCast.com, K-A-R-T-E-R-K-A-S-T.com right now today. Check out articles on there, full video podcast clips and everything. And we will see you all Friday probably. Bye.